Today's first reading deals with one of the big questions of life. What are the ways of God? It's a tough question. It's what Isaiah brings up, as he says in the first reading. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Some people may think that God's ways are so unfathomable that they are beyond us. So many give up quickly on this quest, or even in their belief of God. Or God's ways sometimes can be so mysterious and confounding, some think that God then cannot really be trusted. One of our great saints, St. Ignatius of Loyola, gave us a way to come to know God's ways and paths in our lives. And he called this the way of discernment. He said that God is always marking a path in our lives and that we can come to know that path. But of course, sometimes that path is indeed mysterious. That's why Isaiah says at the end of the first reading today, so high are my ways above your ways and my thoughts above your thoughts. That reading sets us up for the gospel, which upon our first hearing it, with all of its talk about wages, those who get paid and those who may think they don't get paid enough, might sound like it's a reading about justice. And as we hear it, there's something that just about grates our sense of justice. Why did those who work just one hour get paid the same as those who labored all day in the hot sun? You know, today I think um, those who were involved in labor unions would not have liked this gospel very much. But this gospel story is not about making sure that we get our labor contracts correct. But rather, this gospel story is a story about grace. Christ is the generous landowner in this parable. And the lesson he wants us to learn is that his generosity always goes beyond our wildest comprehension. That is why the first reading from Isaiah is linked to it. My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways. Think about all that he has given to each of us here this morning. The first day of the week, he's given us all, first and foremost, our lives to live another week. Next, of course, he's given us all redemption and forgiveness of our sins, our past, giving us a new start. And, of course, he's given all of us here the real privilege, and it is a privilege, to work in his vineyard and to make a real contribution to building up the kingdom of God wherever it is that we are. Can we ever completely comprehend all that has been given to each of us? As I said, this is a parable about God's grace.
Now imagine for a moment a man who, during his whole life, has been careless about God and about all that he has been given in his life. He's been selfish, ignored the commandments, ignored all things about his faith and his religion, basically consumed with pursuing his own pleasure, wine, sex, and song. Then just shortly before his death, he repents of all this irresponsibility, makes a sincere confession, receives a sacrament of penance, and, and dies in the grace of God. What is our response to his story? Do we say, isn't it wonderful that he received the grace of conversion before he died? Or might we say, lucky beggar. He got away with it. He got to have all that pleasure in this life. But he still got to go to heaven. If we're apt to maybe say the latter, are we still maybe struggling with the concept of grace? Or we maybe just a little bit like the prodigal son? I think that's an occupational hazard for church people. There are many stories about Blessed Teresa of Calcutta. One of the brothers who worked with her in one of her homes relates this antidote. He says that one day he was working with her in one of her homes. He says that one day an ambulance brought in a man, and the brother recognized this man right away as he had been to their home numerous times. So he said to Mother Teresa that there's no sense in taking him in again as he would leave that later in that day feeling much better in that he was just simply taking advantage of their generosity. Pastor Teresa looked at Brother Sebastian and said, does this man not need our help now or not? It doesn't matter that he was here yesterday or that he's going to come back tomorrow. We don't have yesterday anymore, nor do we have tomorrow yet. All we have is today and God's love now for the poor. That's just a glimpse of God's generosity for all of us, all the time, the way Mother Teresa loved all those who came to her. God's love for all of us is truly beyond comprehension without any bounds at all. The landowner in the parable gives all of the workers in the vineyard real work to do, just as Christ gives each of us the same. He allows all of us to make real contributions to our neighbors through loving him, serving them, building up God's kingdom. We are members, we call, of the mystical body of Christ. We are his hands, his feet, his mouth, his eyes. And right now, there are many, many opportunities to be this mystical body. Just to name a few, 
to clothe the naked. When you came into church here, you saw those tables filled with the shoe slips for our Cranks Creek shoe drive that's underway right now. Many of you here have picked up those shoe slips. In the name of the children who have naked feet, I thank you. But many more here have walked by those shoe slips because they're not all taken yet. So in the name of those who can, plead with you, if you can, to pick up one of those shoe slips, to clothe the naked, to partake in Christ's work for the poor. We have many opportunities to experience God's love in our lives. We still have openings for our Living Christ Retreat to be taking place in a few weeks. This is a real tangible way to experience God's love for each of us in a very personal way. Sometimes we say, oh, I don't have, don't have enough time. Don't have enough time to experience how much Christ loves me? That's what it's all about. We know how much Christ loves me, then I can really go out and love others the way Christ loves me. All we are asking, all Christ is asking of us is the time that he has given to us so that we can love others the way he has loved us. A few years ago, I was on retreat with some of my brother priests and our retreat master told us this story at the end. Picks up on this gospel. He said, I presume all of you are good priests living your vows, obedient to your bishop and your vow of celibacy. He says, you're like the gospel of this day, bearing what we call the heat of the day, all these years being good priests. And he said, imagine when you get to heaven, the first person you meet is going to be Hugh Hefner, the founder of Playboy. In shock, you protest to God. You say to God, how did he get here? It's not fair. Given the life you've asked me to live. And God, the overgenerous landowner, generally replies to you, friend, didn't you agree to live a life of celibacy? I say, yes, I did. And by the way, isn't heaven here just the most wonderful place you could ever imagine? Are you envious and angry because I'm generous? How different might the reaction of some of our saints like Blessed Teresa of Calcutta be or the father of the prodigal son who runs over and embraces every person who comes and says, I'm overwhelmed with joy that you made it. So this week, take advantage of every grace that God gives you to labor in his vineyard. There's not one of us here who's not being given that opportunity. Don't waste a moment. There will come that moment when all of us will be standing in line like the laborers in the vineyard today. One thing that we can be sure of is that God is going to be very, 
very generous. And we are going to be very surprised.